welcome. I'm your host, Diana Bruin, an expert in PKD, nutrition, and all things kidney health. If you believe there is more you can do with nutrition to slow the progression of PKD, but you aren't sure why or how, the PKD Dietitian Podcast is just for you. We'll look at the science and research around PKD. I'll break it down in ways that are easy to understand. And of course, we'll dig into all things nutrition and PKD. I'll answer your questions and those that I frequently get from clients and medical professionals. Along the way, you'll meet researchers and PKD warriors highlighting the power of advocacy, awareness, and community. Let's get started. Welcome back. So good to have you joining. I have a question for you. When I say the word sugar, what comes to mind? For me, it's white table sugar. But know this, there are different types of sugar and they go by many different names. It's what can make sugar so confusing. So let's look at what sugar really is and how your intake relates to BKD health and progression. Here's a hint, added sugar is not your friend. Stay tuned until the end and I will give you my top three steps to reduce your intake. You can start taking action today that will benefit you and your kidneys for many years to come. All right, let's get into it. What is sugar? Plain and simple, sugar is a carbohydrate and all carbohydrates are made up of chains of sugar molecules. To understand this a bit better, let's look at what sugar, and I have that in parentheses, is within different carbohydrate categories. So carbohydrates are one of three macronutrients in our diet. And macronutrients, or macro for short, simply means that it's one of our body's main energy sources and we consume it in larger amounts. The two other macronutrients are protein and fat. Dietary carbohydrates fall into one of three categories. Number one, starch. Number two, fiber. And number three, sugar. All carbohydrates are made up of strings of sugar molecules. Not all carbs are equal nutritionally. Starch and fiber are what's called complex carbs. That's a good thing. Both are made up of longer chains of sugar molecules. And starches are broken down during digestion, while fiber is a form of carbohydrate we as humans don't digest. Now, that doesn't mean fiber serves no purpose or benefit. The health benefits of a fiber-rich diet are well-researched and documented within kidney health. Complex carbs, both the starch and fiber, are generally found in whole, unprocessed foods. Things like fruits, vegetables, beans, and whole grains. Now, the third category, sugar, includes both naturally occurring and refined processed sugar. Sugars are short chain molecules called simple carbs. They're found naturally in things like fruit and milk and refined sugars, those processed ones, are added to packaged and processed foods. 
items like breads, cereals, beverages, desserts, and even condiments. Now's a good time to look at what we mean by refined sugar and what that is. So when we take natural sugars and modify or process them, they become what we refer to as refined sugar. Carbs that are naturally occurring in foods like corn, beets, and coconut are stripped of their natural fiber and nutrients. The end result is refined sugar, and it has no nutritional value. Zip, zero, none. Refined sugars are added during preparation and processing by manufacturers. They are often added for sweetness and to enhance taste, but they're also used as a preservative. They help to thicken, soften, and add texture to food. In the food world, this is called mouthfeel. I always thought that was an interesting expression. Table sugar, the white stuff, and high fructose corn syrup are the most commonly used and added refined sugars. This is because they are cheap and plentiful. Other examples you will find when looking in an ingredients list are brown sugar, cane sugar, corn sweetener, fruit juice concentrate, sucrose, and fructose. In fact, anything that ends in that OS, that O-S-E, is an added sugar. These are all different names for added refined sugar. One marketing trick to make added sugar more appealing and perhaps neutral is to list it as a natural sugar or as organic. And examples you will find in an ingredient list like this are honey, molasses, raw sugar, organic sugar, and even agave nectar. And know this, these are still added sugars and refined sugar. In the American diet, the number one source of added sugar is sweetened beverages, that's soda, fruit juice, sports drinks, energy drinks, and number two is processed desserts. The main difference between the whole food carbs and sugars and refined sugar is the packaging, what it comes in. And whole foods, which naturally contain those carbs and sugars, also contain fiber, nutrients, antioxidants, vitamins, minerals, and many other health positive components. Again, refined sugar has no nutritional value. It has been stripped of any of it. So that brings us to carbohydrate digestion. Now that we know the different types of carbs and sugars, let's look at what happens in the body when we eat them. All the carbs we consume, both the simple and the complex, are broken down during digestion into sugar, which is converted to glucose, which is an energy source for the body. So no matter how the carb starts, it always ends up as glucose. That glucose is either used immediately by the body for energy or you store it for later. But our bodies can only store very small amounts of glucose and they do that in our muscles and liver. 
So what happens to excess glucose that's not used for needed energy or stored in our muscles and our liver? Well, it's converted to fat. That's right, excess carbs are stored as fat. This includes both body fat and triglycerides, two things we for sure do not want an excess of. Simple carbs, the refined sugars that are short-chained, are quickly digested to glucose, which can then lead to a blood sugar spike. Naturally occurring carbs come packaged in that fiber we talked about and are longer-chained molecules. And the body actually has to do a bit of work to break these down and to digest them. So consumption of those complex carbs doesn't lead to those blood sugar spikes caused by an influx of easily digested sugar. Now let's look at sugar, specifically that refined sugar and PKD. Consuming a processed and packaged diet loaded with refined sugar and simple carbs, also known as the standard American diet, increases the risk of obesity, diabetes, high blood pressure, kidney, and heart disease. All of these factor directly into and can affect PKD progression and health. Let's look at why. First up is obesity. There is strong evidence that a higher intake of refined sugar, like in processed foods, leads directly to weight gain. Added sugar adds calories without any benefit and consumption of high intakes of processed foods and simple carbs promote a constant fed state and influx of empty calories. And these really do little to satisfy. Obesity itself is an independent risk factor for the development of diabetes, heart and kidney disease. Why does this matter for PKD? Obesity is associated with faster progressing disease and with a greater yearly increase in total kidney volume. That's the size of the kidney. The pathways and mechanisms that are known to drive cyst growth are more active in the setting of obesity. Now let's look at type two diabetes. Refined sugar by itself does not cause diabetes. A diet high in that added sugar does however promote insulin resistance and obesity like we just um, looked at. Both of these are strong risk factors for type two diabetes, which itself can damage your kidneys, blood vessels, reducing their ability to filter blood and remove fluid and waste. Essentially, you know, reducing their ability to do their job. Diabetes is one of the top two causes of kidney disease. So along with kidney disease, type two diabetes also increases the risk of heart disease. Why does this matter for PKD? It matters because individuals with PKD who also have type diabetes have been shown to have larger kidneys, that larger total kidney volume, but also to have an earlier onset of hypertension. With type two diabetes, the balance and use of glucose, that blood sugar 
in the body is impaired. It just does not work how it's supposed to. The end result is elevated glucose in the bloodstream, also known as high blood sugar. What connects PKD and type 2 diabetes? It's the glucose. PKD cells, and I've said this before, have an altered metabolism. You may hear this referred to as, I'm using quotes here, defective glucose metabolism or dysregulated fat metabolism. What this means in simplified terms is that the PKD cells are only able to use glucose as an energy source and they thrive on it. Glucose is the only energy source they can use to grow and multiply. Studies are currently underway using this altered PKD cell metabolism as a therapeutic target. They are looking at the effects of a decreased calorie intake at fasting and at ketogenic therapy on cyst formation, growth, and PKD progression. All of these interventions are a way of reducing PKD cyst cells access to a constant glucose fed state. Your kidneys have a high demand for energy and you don't want a constant source of glucose available to them. We for sure are not trying to feed them. Links to several of the studies are in the show notes, uh, the show note resources for this episode if you're curious about the studies. Bottom line, reducing readily available glucose from refined simple sugar is for sure beneficial for your PKD health. Now folks, I'm not talking about a treat or a cookie here and there, more the overall daily intake you have of added sugar, refined carbs, mainly in processed foods. What is important is your day-to-day patterns, that which is consistent in your diet items you eat regularly. I want to mention the ketogenic diet briefly, specifically plant-focused ketogenic diet therapy. This available nutrition therapy for PKD goes one step further and reduces your overall carb intake and transitions the body from running on glucose to running on fat. Thus, the supply of glucose as an energy source is dramatically reduced. I'm going to save a more in-depth look at ketogenic therapy and PKD for another episode. Moving on to heart health. There is a significant relationship between sugar consumption and increased risk for cardiovascular disease. Factored into this is the association between sugar consumption and obesity how obesity contributes to an increased risk for heart disease. To sum it up, high added sugar diets can lead to obesity, elevated triglycerides, and increased blood sugar levels, all of which are significant risk factors for heart disease. Why does that matter for PKD? Hypertension is quite common with PKD. About 50 to 75% of folks who have PKD also have high blood pressure. And it's frequently one of the earliest symptoms of PKD. When hypertension is poorly managed, it is associated with faster progressing disease and also of an increased risk of cardiovascular complications and larger kidneys. Bottom line with PKD, there are cardiovascular concerns and potential complications. Having a proactive diet equals also supporting heart health.
So now that you have an overview of what carbs are, the difference between natural carbs and added sugar, and how that can impact PKD directly, let's look at what you guys can do. So these are my top three steps to reduce your refined sugar intake. Number one, check in. The first thing you want to do is check in with how much added sugar you are actually consuming. Sugar is sneaky and it is in most processed foods, even the ones you don't think of as sweet like crackers and chicken stock. I like to do this with all of my clients to have them find out exactly how much added sugar they are consuming. So this is your starting point. And from there, you can easily see where you can eliminate, replace, and cut back in order to reduce your intake. What's a good goal? I like to say 25 grams or less. Folks, that's six teaspoons of sugar. It sounds like a lot, but to put that into perspective, one 12-ounce Coke has 39 grams of sugar, and one tablespoon of ketchup has four grams. More information on how to read a label for added sugar, I linked out in the show notes a blog that I wrote that will walk you through exactly how to read a label so you can add up how much you are actually consuming. Number two, choose. You want to choose fresh, whole, and unprocessed food whenever possible. This will dramatically reduce your added sugar intake. Number three is prepare. Prepare more meals at home. All three of these do not have to be done at once. It is a good place to start with the check-in and then move on to the goal of choose fresh. And part of that's going to be prepare more meals at home. For more tips, also check out that blog linked out in the show notes. So I ask you this, what is the first step you are going to do to lower your added sugar intake? That's all for this episode. Please subscribe and share. 